Welcome to the Trinity Church Aberdeen podcast, where you can listen to our most recent sermons. To find out more about who we are and what we believe, visit trinityaberdeen.org.uk. Well, I want to invite you to find a Bible somewhere near you, the seats in front of you, the windowsill around you, and turn to 2 Samuel. Uh, It seems incredible to say it, but we are nearing the end of our series in 2 Samuel. We've worked our way through this whole uh, magnificent book, and we come this morning to chapter 22. Will Allen, our assistant minister, will be preaching to us in a moment, and I'm going to read. It's a long reading this morning, so we're going to share it, and I'm going to read chapter 22, 1 to 31, page 274. 274 in the Black Bibles, if you're using those. Let's hear the word of the Lord together. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations of the earth trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him his canopy. Thick clouds, a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me. And from his statutes, I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him and I kept myself from guilt. And the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. 
With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You've given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me. My feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them. I thrust them through so that they did not rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me. Those who hated me and I destroyed them. They looked but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as the dust of the earth. I crushed them and stamped them down like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. Foreigners came cringing to me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. The God who gave me vengeance and brought down peoples under me, who brought me out from my enemies. You exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Amen. Well, good morning. And, and now I know probably over this week we've had lots of different things uh, going on. Um, but before we look at 2 Samuel 22, I, I do want you just to, to cast your mind back over this week and have a think. And have a think. What, what kind of difficulties have you been facing uh, this week? have a think right now. This isn't so you wallow in, in self-pity this morning, like, oh, woe is, is me, but, but it's so we're alert, alert a little bit this morning to what's going on around us. Because for some of us, this week might have been really hard for you. You might have felt hard-pressed on every side, whether difficulties of life, like money or health issues, or difficulties from, from others, unkind words spoken to you, gossip said about you, just being left out, or perhaps difficulty from within, ongoing struggles with sin, temptation. Life, it can be hard, can't it, with, with stuff coming from outside, from within. So this has traditionally been said, the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
And often when we just stop for a moment, a longing, a longing to be rid of it all can just well up, can't it? Oh, for a, a day when I'm not tempted to do that. Or a, oh, a day when, when my health will just allow me to live. We, we long for deliverance, salvation, rescue. But more than that, we don't just long to be kind of freed from life's difficulties, life's enemies. We don't just want an absence of it all. We, want, we long for a fullness of life. We, we want what life is meant to be like. You know, we don't want to just be rescued from a flood and, and left on a riverbank. We, we want to be rescued from the flood and given a, a place of peace and rest, a house with, with warm sheets and food on the table. And you know what? That's the kind of rescue God has in mind for his people. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. And here in uh, 2 Samuel 22, God has got a song for us, a song to give us strength in our bones in the face of life's difficulties, to help us have confidence, confidence for the future, confidence for a future when we're going to experience that full rescue of God. And it's all in a song of David's, all in a song of David's, and it's a song all about this. It's our divinely delivered king, our divinely delivered king. Right there from the start, David is singing of the day he was saved. Hopefully you didn't miss that, verse one. It's as he was delivered uh, from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he can't just help but praise God for all he's done. Just, just notice all the different ways he says uh, uh, God saves him. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my saviour. You save me from violence. He says it again and again, doesn't he? And it's, so it's there in the beginning and then it's there in the middle. Verse 33, for who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. Then at the end, verse 47, the Lord lives, blessed be my rock and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. Here is our divinely delivered king. God delivers him, rescues him, saves him. He's David's rock, strong and firm, you know, a place of refuges. It's kind of as the flood waters of life rose, he was safe with God. Or as the storms of life battered him, God was a tower of strength for him. And here, rescue is very real for David. It's a real and true experience. It wasn't just a hope for him. He knew peace from his enemies. He knew the Philistines conquered. He knew Saul was no longer persecuting him. And trying to kill him. No, David could come to Jerusalem and reign and live in peace. And it's amazing here how God does it. It's such an awesome display of power. Because first of all, David, he shows us the threat. And and it's the threat of death itself. Death's on every side, verse 5. For the waves of death encompass me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shale, that's the place of the dead, entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. There's nothing more serious, is there? How can he reign if he's going to die? How can he be the king God has made him to be if if he lies in the grave? But there it is, the enemy knocking, the enemy prowling around him, uh, death itself. But God 
responds. And verses 8 to 20, it is an awesome response we've got here. This truly is divine deliverance. The language is extraordinary. It's kind of hard to take in the sheer grandeur and power of this passage. Because the the whole of creation, from verse 8, is in turmoil. It reeled, it's rocked, it's trembled and quaked. And when, God's, you know, when God saves his king from death, it's a moment of utter power, shaking the universe to its core. And he's outraged at, at what's going on. Did you notice that? His anger is burning. It's burning like fire. There's, there's smoke. There's devouring fire coming from his mouth, glowing coals uh, flaming forth. As he comes to rescue David, darkness gathers around him. He's with the angels, the heavens thunder. It's a, it's a terrifying image. It's as if the voice of God shouts, how dare you take on my king? How dare you bring him to the point of death? How dare you take on my rule? You will rue the day. You know, perhaps we'd see a glimmer of this if, the, I don't know, if a nation captured or kidnapped the president of the United States. You, know, you can imagine the nation unleashing its, its full military might to rescue their leader, to bring honor to their name, to shame those who thought they could take on such power. God saves his king. Verse 17, he sent from on high, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. Our divinely delivered king is all through God's awesome power. Now, if we, we know the story of David, we'll, we'll know that 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, they, they never record a moment that literally looks like this. You know, like with the earth shaking and, uh, and, and darkness and, and, and God's kind of fire of his mouth. And that's because God's awesome display of power was actually seen in human events. You know, how can David have peace as if we've just said, seen his enemies are too mighty for him? Well, actually, there's, uh, if we look at verse, from verse 32 again, David, David speaks of God of his refuge, but now that 32 to 46, it's kind of a parallel passage in the structure of the song uh, to the mighty power of God. And, and, and David is showing us how the awesome power of God is seen. Verse 35, he trains my hand for war. Verse 39, I consumed them, I thrust them through so that they did not rise, they fell under my feet. Why? For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink unto me. So this awesome, powerful appearing of God, it was seen as David marched against his enemies who were too mighty for him. It was seen as David, this leader of a small army, army of Israel could defeat the great nations coming against him. And God didn't just, you know, didn't just lift him from the flood. He made sure his enemies never came against him again. It's like, it's like someone at school facing um, a bully. Rather than just taking the person away from being bullied, I don't know, the head teacher trains him to know how to, to fight back so the bully never goes from again. This is the total victory of God. God saves his king. How? By strengthening him to destroy his enemies. You know, as David sang this song, he was finally at total peace from war. All because of God's power. Our divinely delivered king. But to get the full scale of this song, we need to see that David is actually singing of, of greater truths than he, was just, than he had just experienced. 
You know, yes, he spoke of being saved from death, um, and, and he was saved from death during the early part of his life, but death still came knocking. He is now dead. And verse 44, again, has very extravagant language. Did you notice it says, you kept me as head of the nations. Now, David, he did cause peace in his nation. He kept the Philistines and the Moabites at bay. But he was certainly never the head of the nations, was he? He's singing of more. He has a glorious kingdom in view. He sees the king of God in glorious splendor. This song is not just about him, but it's about the son of David. He says that at the end. Verse 51, great salvation he brings to his king. He shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David, and to his offspring forever. And so, of course, it's only as we look through this song to Jesus do we see actually how extraordinary God's uh, deliverance is. Because it shines a light on that first Easter Sunday morning. It's then we see this incredible passage beginning to be fulfilled. Jesus Christ walked out of the tomb. The cords of shale had entangled him. The snares of death had confronted him. And yet God rescued him. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead never to die again. He's ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God, building his kingdom, and he will come again to reign forever in peace. This is the true divine deliverance. Yes, Jesus died for us and God was pouring out, as he died for us, God was pouring out his wrath on Jesus. But in his resurrection, we see the wrath of God poured out on his enemies. The devil thrown down. Sin shattered on the floor as the gates of death smashed apart. Judgment of all is foreshadowed. No wonder as he arose from the dead, you know, the earth physically shook and quaked. No wonder the cherubim were seen in his tomb. God had come. God had raised his king from the dead and he had done it how? Through his king victorious, defeating, victoriously defeating his enemies. Jesus Christ is the one putting all things under his feet. He's the one building a kingdom. Death cannot hold him. Sin has no power over him. The devil is bound before him. This is some power, isn't it? And if if you're not a Christian here this morning, it's so wonderful having you with us, but it's important to say Jesus Christ, he's not just a baby, meek and mild. He wasn't just a carpenter's son, an itinerant preacher 2,000 years ago. God raising him from the dead raises the stakes. It makes him much, much more. A ruler, a king, who I know it sounds extraordinary to say this, but who will visibly reign over the entire world at some point in the future. A king who defeats enemies, who brings a glorious reign. So whatever you think about life, This morning, whatever you're thinking about it, it's really important you do deal with Jesus. Because if he did rise from the dead, which God says he did, if that tomb really is empty, then this is some power you might be up against. Make sure God is your refuge, not your enemy. Why? Because there's a divinely delivered king. God raised him from the dead through his victorious power. Now you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good, good for David, you know, good for Jesus too. But why does this song matter for the rest of us? Why is it here? 
Well, it's this. It's our divinely delivered king means peace for his people. It means peace for his people. Well, let me put it this way. How it goes with the king, so it goes with his people. In God's kingdom, what happens to the king matters. It matters for the rest of us. The lives of people who live under the king are bound up in the king. We see it throughout the Old Testament. When the the king strays, so the people go with him. When the king is righteous, so it is true for his people. If David is at peace, so is the nation. That's why this deliverance matters for us so much. If our king is safe from his enemies, if his rule is secure, well, that brings wonderful blessings to the rest of us. Now, a story that's really helped me to kind of get this idea into my imagination um, is Lord of the Rings, actually. I recently reread it. It took, it took a while. Uh, um, it's a bit of a marathon. But throughout the book, Tolkien emphasizes again and again the importance of a true, just, and righteous leader for his people. You know, when the leader is withered and twisted, believing lies, forgetting his people, so the people themselves live diminished lives. You know, it's like when the, the king of Rohan believes the, the lies of Wormtongue. But when the king, when the king reigns in justice and righteousness, oh, there's healing, there's restoration, there's joy, there's glory for his subjects. And we know this is true of just normal life too, just on a smaller scale. You know, if, if you've got a good boss, so the company and your enjoyment of the job, it just goes up, no end. When a, I don't know, a highly anticipated new prime minister comes to number 10 for the first time, you know, the, the streets throng with people cheering and rejoicing because they know a, a good leader brings goodness for all. And so this, this song of David's, it's not just for us to listen to on the lips of someone else. Yes, David sang it. Yes, Jesus truly sings it. But we get to sing it too. And we get to sing it because Jesus sang it first. His deliverance is our deliverance. His divine deliverance means peace for his people. That awesome, victorious power unleashed at the resurrection is for us too. And so as Jesus reigns, we get to live in the shelter of it. His enemies will not win. And we see this reign Uh, at work in front of our eyes right now you know every person who turns to Jesus as their savior is a victory over the enemy you know every time we baptize someone it's marking out one more person as part of his glorious kingdom and in each of our lives as as more and more sin is slowly put to death in the power of Jesus spirit and especially somehow as we struggle with life's difficulties but so his enemies are being driven from his world as our words become more gracious as our eyes more pure as our hands more helpful so our delivered king is bringing peace into our lives and so in the mystery of life all things are working towards the good of those who love him and on that final day there will be perfect justice if death is defeated so we know there will be eternal life we will rise from the dead too If sin is smashed, we know that purity awaits us. And that glorious peace for his people. In the face of life difficulties, we have hope. You know, life's life's difficulties, if you just think back to those from this week, they will never have the final word over you. 
Life can challenge us. We can, can feel hard-pressed on every side and inside. Troubles abound, and yet, even in the pain and frustration, we do have hope. We do have hope of a day when every tear will be wiped away, and we will be with our God forever. The tomb sits gloriously empty, so we know we don't need to fear death when it comes. That, that power of God And those extraordinary verses is there for our rescue too. Isn't God good? We will experience life eternal with God because our Jesus, our King Jesus is raised from the dead. May praise be forever on our lips. Our divinely delivered King means peace for his people. But David wants to give us even more assurance of this truth. He doesn't, want us just, he doesn't want to just say it. He wants to give us great confidence that God is deli- a delivering God. And it comes in this middle section of the song, verses 20 to 31. In the, in the midst of it all, he gives us kind of two great pillars showing us the security of his peace for his people. And one is God's enduring faithfulness. And two, it's his king's righteousness. So we're secure, firstly, because of enduring, God's enduring faithfulness. I'm afraid I couldn't alliterate like the other ones. Now, initially, David's focus is that, that God is responding to David's righteousness. Uh, verse 20, God does this. Why? Because he delights in David. Verse 21, the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Now, David is convinced here that God has saved him because of his righteousness. And he emphasizes it again in verses 26 to 28. He kind of talks about these different ways God responds to people. But he responds to people as they're seen by him. The merciful receive mercy. The blameless face God's blamelessness. Now this is a really surprising thing to say, isn't it? How can he say that? How can he say such things? We know his past. Now even if this song was written before the whole Bathsheba and Uriah incident, he clearly wasn't perfect before then. And and the writer or editor of this book has, has, has put this after that event, so as readers we definitely know that it happened So what's going on? How can David say this? Well, this is why, firstly, I say God rescues David because of God's enduring faithfulness. Because I wonder if underlying this righteous language of David is a trust in God's promise to get rid of all his sin. Because back in chapter 12, verse 13, God said to David, the Lord, through Nathan, the, the Lord has put away your sin. The Lord has put away your sin. It's been dealt with, got rid of, wiped clean. So, so David, as he recounts his righteousness, he's not ignorant of his sin, but he's trusting God's promise to have washed it all away. We see it hinted at in verse 27. He says, with the purified you deal purely. David knows that God purifies people, that the righteous are before him and they're righteous because they've been washed clean. David can say God has dealt with him according to his righteousness because David has been purified to be righteous. So it's God's faithfulness that's important here. God's faithfulness to his word to wash someone clean. That's what means that he can ever treat David as righteousness. It's only God's faithfulness to his promises 
that means David can know God as his rock. It's enduring. Even as David sins and rebels, even as he repents and fails again, God never gives up on what he said. You know, what God says, it's not just true when God speaks, it's binding. When he says something, it happens. It's like a a cord that locks him into reality somehow. He, He says he will wipe away David's sin, so sin is wiped away. He says he will build David a house, so a house is built. You know, we see it glimpsed in just a in the faithful uh, husband or wife. You know, I said, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. So I'm, I'm still here when loaded and in peak condition. I'm still here in poverty and sickness. I'm still here beside your bed when the end is near. It's enduring faithfulness. Faithfulness to his words and promises. That's, that's one reason why God's rescue is utterly secure because of God's enduring faithfulness. But secondly, it, it is because of his king's righteousness. That's what David is really emphasizing here. Verses 21 and 25, he couldn't be clearer. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. Now, though for David the righteousness is from God, as we've just seen, God still responds to his king rightly. As the king is righteous, So God rewards and blesses. If the king falls away and in pride runs to other gods, so verse 28, he brings uh, the haughty down. And so for God's favor to rest rightly on his king, there needs to be a true human righteousness to be given to him. Yes, it's from God, but it still needs to have been achieved. He needs another king to fully satisfy all that God has asked of him. Never turning to the left, never turning to the right, never straying from God's good path. And so once again, David here is speaking beyond himself to Jesus. The one who is sinless in every way, who is actively obeying God at every turn, always trusting, always depending, always loving, always praying. His words were pure, his heart was clean. And so as God looks at Christ, we, we see the pure and glorious delight of God. Just look at verse 20 again. He rescued me, why? Because he delighted in me. God delights in Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus loves his father and his father loves him in kind. There is an extraordinary fellowship, a love reciprocated. Jesus is, is blameless and experiences the blameless of God. Jesus is pure and knows God's purity. Kind of as, as we look, there's a wonderful beauty to it all. You know, in, in life, we love, we love seeing a happy relationship between two people, don't we? You know, like a, a dad enjoying time with his daughter or two friends laughing together over a, a cup of coffee. But here it's on another level. It's the father and son in loving harmony. It's a wonder to see. And so this obedient, humble Jesus experiences God's rescue. The, the resurrection, it's, it's God's vindication of Jesus. It's his stamp of approval. Twice in the Gospels we hear God say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Once at the beginning, at his baptism. Once in the middle of his ministry, at the Mount of Transfiguration. And then you get the resurrection. And it's, he doesn't say it out loud, but it's the final stamp at the end saying the same. I delight in this man. 
The deliverance is secure because of Jesus' righteousness, the king's righteousness. Jesus was obedient to his father. It's, It's doubly secure, two great pillars. Secure because of God's enduring faithfulness to his promises and secure because it's guaranteed by Jesus and his righteousness. Jesus is forever safe. He's never cast out of favor. He's never to be, to be left by God or brought down. So it's always true of us too. And so the big picture David wants us to know is that it's so secure because God does it all. If you only remember one thing from this morning's sermon, may it be this, okay? Our deliverance is secure because God does it all. It's all his victory. Just think about all we've seen in this song. It's, it's God who appears. It's God who rescues. It's his power. It's his strengthening. And it's all based on his enduring faithfulness. Even because Jesus is God himself, it's all based on his righteousness. God has done it all. Everything that has been won has been won without us involved. The glory is his and it's his alone. We don't bring anything to the table. We, don't, we can't offer a few good works to try and buy some of the glory. We can't twist his arm by saying, you know, I'll give more money to the poor. Or I'll work harder at being kinder. Now, in our day-to-day lives, I wonder if we might be tempted to, to argue we do contribute to the small things. But it's in the face of the big things of life that we really know we are truly powerless. It's all down to God. There's, a, there's an old TV series called Studio 60. Some of you may know it. It portrays the backstage life of a comedy show. And there's this extraordinary moment in it between uh, two people, one of the actors uh, and the TV producer. And the producer's wife, it, she's about to have a child, and there are, there are complications in the birth. Now, the actor, she's a Christian, and she's, she's trying to encourage him to pray. She tells him she often comes to the, the chapel at work to pray, and she prays on her knees. She knows everything comes from God. But the producer, he won't do that. He sits resolute. He lists all the ways that he's worked to get what he's got. He's proud. But then there comes a, a beautiful moment when the producer's baby is born. And there, as he he gazes on, mesmerized, he then drops to his knees. He's utterly humbled. He knows when it comes to the most extraordinary, meaningful, astonishing moment, he he brings nothing to the table. He had no power over it. He just received it. And here in 2 Samuel 22, we're dealing with more than just uh, the birth of a child. We're talking about God's king and his gift of eternal life. And when it comes to these big things of life, and actually, the more we know God, the the more we realize it's in the small things too, but we know we cannot do it ourselves. My enemies are much too mighty for me, we say with David, but God does it all. And we're humbled to our knees. We just receive, it's all by grace. It's his love. It's his kindness. And, And as we finish, may this grow our assurance that we are saved because it's not based on us it's based on our God on our faithful God and his righteous king God kept his word and Jesus completed the task set before him the deliverance we have is his it's his righteousness which is our righteousness 
You know, God doesn't accept us because of the, the works in our lives or the, the right living displayed in what we do as, as the Roman Catholic Church would teach. No, we're saved by faith alone. We're simply saved because we receive Jesus, his righteousness, rest on what he's done. And so we can know we're safe. We can know we're safe because it's not down to me. As you trust in Jesus, you have been and will be delivered to. The kingdom of heaven is yours. The, the pearl of great price is in your possession. You have all things. You can hope all things because you're safe in Jesus. And, and so this allows us, in the face of life difficulties, to actually come in weakness. We, we don't need to put on a brave face. We don't need to look like we've got it all sorted. We can turn to God in prayer and to one another in humility knowing he does it all. And we can quietly say with David, with Jesus, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Amen.